What's up, Triple Nation? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Triple, and I am joined here by... The man, the myth, the legend, Master Triple, Emac. And we are here bringing you a spoiler-free um, first thoughts review of Netflix and Marvel's Luke Cage, just the first two episodes. We know there's people that have, like, like eaten this thing through, like, crack and so have we we've yeah we've checked it all out yum, 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 yum. but for those who just want to um get an idea of what to expect from this show we're giving you as spoiler free as we can a review of the first two episodes moment of truth and the second episode code of the streets uh of this epic series uh and then give you a little bit uh information at the end of exactly when you can join us, the entire Black Tribbles, to talk about the entire series that's going to be coming up at the end of this review. Um, but first, let me ask you, because everybody knows that I'm a big comic book head, Mac. Let me ask you, I know that you're not a huge comic book head, so where were you coming from in regards to Luke Cage as far as your knowledge or, or appreciation of the character? Um, I had heard of Power Man before. That's about it. Um, I don't think I've seen him in anything. Um, I'm really not that aware. Matter of fact, no, I've seen him in, what was that, Spectacular Spider-Man? Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, the cartoon, yeah, right? Yeah, the cartoon joint. Because with him and Iron Fist and White Tiger and all them. So, yeah, I saw a little bit of him there in that, you know, like a high school-ish, kind of like a Teen Titans kind of a mm-hmm. spe- uh, twist on the uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Um, so I did see a little bit of him there, but still wasn't familiar with him. So I was looking forward to this, you know, just like I was looking forward to Black Panther or anything else. Um, I can't say I was pleasantly surprised because I didn't have any um, expectations. Expectations, Right. So I went into it blind and I was pleasantly surprised. I know how much hip hop was going to be a part of it. And I felt that they could have possibly been shooting themselves in the foot for that, um, making themselves less appealing to a greater white audience. But I don't care. I enjoyed it. It spoke to me. It resonated with me. I felt it. Um, so I loved it that much more appreciating it because of that. Yeah, I I, I didn't um, I wasn't concerned about it being alienating because uh, because it was being done by Marvels. And I I trust Marvel like they for the most part you trust people's love in, of Marvel. Well, I know, but I actually trust their production. I mean, for the most part, everything that they have done. Outside of the first season of Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., everything they've done has been pretty much on point. I mean, you can argue whether or not some things are better than the other, but everything has had a certain um, base level of quality, which is a step beyond just good. Most of the most of the things that they have done have either been very good to great. Nothing has been horrible at all. So I trusted them on that. And I also trusted on the um, production team that they had developed for the show because they've got an awesome squad uh, for this show. They've got the uh, the executive producer is Chio Hodari uh, uh, Coker. Excuse me. They've got a, a slew of great directors from uh, Charles Murray. So they actually even bring in noted television director phil abraham for for a few episodes the cast is off the hook with mike coulter uh simone missick rosario dawson mahershala ali 
and you know the cream of the crop right there when they were able to lock down Alfre Woodard for a an epic role as Councilman Councilwoman Mariah Dillard. Um, I I just uh, Stokes Stokes excuse me um, yeah Mar- uh, Mariah D- Stokes. I just knew that uh, this was going to be on point from the top. And then talk well, I trust it being on point, but I just thought that rap would be a turnoff for some people. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, especially with the uh, what was it, shimmy shimmy ya in the trailer. <laughs> like right. I feel that, but I don't know how many others would. You know what I mean? Like I would be concerned about people being turned off of it by that. I really would. Even as in the videos I produce myself. I worry about it having too much of a, you know, hip hop vibe to it. That's when mm-hmm. I put it out there. Like, who else's music can I use? Cause I wanted to be, cause if it's if it's me, it's going to sound all hip hop, a hundred percent. You know, I'm not going to look to other avenues for, you know, resources or what have you. So I take those resources, cause I want other people's, you know, input. So it doesn't sound so much like, you know, me. You know I what feel I mean? Because you could listen to a video like, oh, that's hip hop under. I bet you, you know, Master Trooper produced that for him. So I don't want it to be that. I do want those more inclusive things and taking, you know, music from other pages and other books so that everybody can feel inclusive or, you know, in tune with the vibe of the show. Well, they had composer Adrian Young uh, working with uh, Ali Shaheed Muhammad from Tribe Called Quest, um, producing all of the music for the for the series so while there was a nice blend of bringing in some hip-hop tracks there definitely was a hip-hop influence to the the mood of the of the original music of the original score of this series um, without it being too over the top because i feel you where sometimes it can go too far over the top if you just have a solely a hip-hop head in uh, in charge of the music, I like the way that it uh, the music worked very well in building upon the scenes where it was used without being uh, overwhelming them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it was just it, it so that just added an, an incredible sheen to what in the first two episodes is so far. Just like a really incredible show, because as much as this, you know, you know, it's got to be about action. Because for those who don't know, Luke Cage is this um, ex-con who was uh, um, uh, 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 had this procedure done to him while he was in prison to make him invincible, virtually, um, virtually invincible, super strong, be because of that. Um, impervious to almost any sorts of pain uh, and then uses that to inevitably fight for the good of Harlem. Uh, This show, which kind of timeline-wise, I think um, is somewhere in between, if you're following all the Marvel Netflix series, kind of, I think it's after Jessica Jones. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but there's some, I think you'll see the, some blending of timelines with uh, other series uh, with this uh, with this show. Um, but this show, without it being an origin story, is still very much of an origin story of him trying to find the path that he is going to walk. Um, you That sets it up that there's going to be a lot of action. But in these first two episodes... Without it being disappointing to me, there's not a whole ton of action. 
No, there's not. Not until episode three. Like, because yeah. we were talking about that. And it's, three is kind of when it kicks off on that, I guess, Power Man tangent. Before that, it's just, I'm a guy. I want to work. I don't want to get involved in the BS. I just want to live and take care of mine. That's all I want to do. Like, I want to be left alone. Right. And that, that was his whole motivation. Like, I just, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be anybody. I just want to be me. Nobody. I want to go to work. I want to go home and go to sleep. That's all I want to do. I, it was real simple. It's real, you know what I mean? He didn't want to be a hero. He didn't want to save the world or the city, nothing like that. It was kind of like thrust upon him, and he just kind of answered the call. What, how did you think that uh, the first episode, Moment of Truth, did in setting up this world? Because you're introduced, you're introduced to all of the players. You're introduced to Luke Cage, played by Mike Coulter, uh, who is basically sweeping, sweeping hair. Uh, hair in Pop's Barbershop. Pop's played by Frankie Faison. Yep. Um, uh, and you have the, the typical barbershop chatter uh, in there, they talking all talking about, the Knicks. talking about the Knicks, you know, and talking talking sports, talking talking crap, talking shit. In in this episode, uh, then you have you cut to the setup to Harlem's Paradise, which is the other kind of like um, big main uh, uh, setting. Yeah, main setting for the series where the like the houses are good and evil almost. Pretty much, yeah. It, 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 how about that? Yeah. So Harlem's Paradise is, is this club. Run by uh, Cornell Stokes, yep, aka Cottonmouth, Cotton uh, played by Mahershala Ali, um, and where you meet him with his cousin, Councilwoman Mariah Stokes, Stokes, played by Alfre Woodard, and you could tell just from the setting that they're up to no good. Um, so you're, you're you're meeting the players, you're seeing the world that they that they live in um you're getting a, a taste of you know the righteousness of the stoic righteousness of luke cage the the seasoned um been here before uh attitude of pop the the uh grandiose the grandiose uh, uh, machinations of Cottonmouth, Cornell, Cornell Stokes, and then Alfre Woodard, who is really right on that edge of whether or not she's like what side of the angel she's playing on. You know? Right. You you don't really know. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 definitely setting everything up, and it, and it's good. It's honestly just coming up to be like a good crime story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like almost like a NYPD blue or like a New York undercover. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and you also see him uh talking to Misty Knight because she's at the club, uh, she's like uh, at the bar, and he's undercover. That's right. Right, and you know they're having conversation. Honestly, just flirting and you know going back and forth and. You know, just 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 kicking it a little bit. Misty Knight played by Simone Missick. Yeah, Simone Missick. Um, so you got to see them. I, and, I, and I liked her introduction too. Um, just their whole little banter back and forth. That whole thing was kind of cute. Um, and you were kind of seeing it like, all right, I guess she's going to be his main whole. Uh, well, I guess I don't want to talk too much into the details, but um, I like their setup, their meeting, and that uh, how their relationship plays out uh, thereafter. Um, 
and you just you just really get it you get a feel for everybody who's going to be a, in the in this cast of characters and the roles they will be playing. Yeah, yeah, and they they really do a great job with it. Uh, I think for the most part, everybody is well cast. Um, me being a a fan of the comics and the the character of Luke Cage in the comics, especially as he has been kind of like um, uh, revisioned over the last 10 to 12 years. Um, I really uh, think that Mike Coulter like captures his, the essence of that character, uh, the, the strength, the strength of the man, the um, like I said before, his stoicness, his, his righteousness, yet, yet, um, he plays him maybe a little bit cornier than they play him in the in the comics, but I still like it. It yeah. still it still comes off. Speaking it works. of being cornier, his vulnerability—that's what I was going to say. Being an invulnerable man, his vulnerabilities is what you see a lot in like uh, the first two episodes. Um, I don't want to say like flaws because everybody has flaws, and I think a flaws of a character or of a hero is kind of what make that character compelling versus you know all of his good attributes. But I, there's not really places where he's lacking, but there are places where he could where he needs to step up. Like kind what, of. like, like and just um, what do you mean? Like taking ownership of where he of who? Yeah, he is basically. And- um, I guess because I don't want to get into like a hero, put it into like a superhero perspective or like on that kind of a scale. But it's kind of like Spider-Man, like great with great power comes great responsibility. And all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Like if you're a good man, you really don't have the option to say, I'm not involved. This doesn't concern me. I don't want any trouble. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have that responsibility to step up. Like if you can do something, see something, say something. If you can do something, you kind of have the responsibility to take action and do something. And he kind of was, you know, in these first two episodes playing with the, I have the option Mm -hmm. if I want to do something or not. And, and it's really bigger than that. If you're part of a community, you really don't get that. That's a cop out. You don't get that luxury to say i'm not involved this doesn't concern me if you're a citizen of the world and part of this community then it then it then it and you know it 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 affects you yeah especially when what happens uh the big crime that he kind of gets drawn into that pulls him in it pulls him in uh is in a way um uh, 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 um you know in his world you know, the, there are the people that are involved in this crime are people that he does have direct daily contact with. So, um, so it affects you. So it affects you. It's affecting your world. And uh, and that's what gets him pulled in reluctantly. Uh, and in the second episode, you see you see him uh, trying to effect some type of change um, uh, where he tries to reach out to some young uh, young boy named Chico who got involved in some craziness, tries to help him. Help him. Um, well, Pop actually like kind of like gets in his world, gets in it, gets at him. Yeah, because he was saying like, Pops, I don't want to. I don't. It's not my problem. It's not my fault. He got his own mess. He can get himself out. It has nothing to do with me. And Pops called a favor in. He was like, look, when you started working here, you said you owe me one, right? Well, I need that one right now. Exactly. I need you to go and help Chico. 
and that's what did it. It was the, his love of pops or his, you know, respect sense of res- respect and responsibility and admire, you know, of pops that um, actually made him get involved and, you know, participate. Yes. And then by his involvement, uh, it, it it goes on from there. It goes on from there. And then it snowballs. It snowballs. And, and then he got to deal with it. We're off and running. We are off and yeah, running. Yeah, then it goes. And it don't slow down from there. In many ways, we, the first episode, Moment of Truth, plays like a typical pilot. It's it's setting up the world. It's setting up the, the, the inciting incident, which is going to be the... the um, Robbery attempt. So the the robbery attempt, the inciting incident, the inciting incident, which is going to be the catalyst for the series. Um, so it, it, that sets you up, and then with the second episode, you are you know kind of like reintroduced to that, and then you're really off and running. That's when you have just left your your the, the starting position. And you are off and running. By the end of the episode, this uh, this show is still is off and running. It's nonstop. And yet, and still, like you said, it is. And there's action in that second episode. Not so much in the first, but there definitely is action in the second episode, uh, and some 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 crazy action, um, and some well well done action. Um, but this is still first and foremost a crime drama. With the emphasis on crime, with a heavy dose of drama, it's it's it you know it's funny in some places you know it's kind of comical and whimsical and, and things and things of that nature, um, but it's it's a drama, and it's a well done drama. Uh, that what I was also appreciate appreciative of introduces you to these characters but just as much introduces you into the world of Harlem because Harlem is itself, a, Harlem is a character is itself a character in, in this whole thing in this whole thing it is definitely um you you cannot escape Harlem once you're in this world yeah it's 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 like the Harlem is a, is, is definitely a character um they refer to Harlem um they are in Harlem they speak of Harlem they you see how they treat, how different people treat Harlem, yes. how they regard Harlem, mm-hmm. how they want to take care of Harlem. Like it's all these different things, uh, or how these different people relate to that one object, quote unquote, Harlem. And and it, and it's it's great. I wish we could talk about a later episode because because Luke has a great quote that he says, "Um, I don't believe in Harlem. I believe in the people of Harlem." Right. And so that was just like a great contrast for everybody else who's been talking about Harlem for however many episodes it was at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you got to give it up for the location of this place. Um, just and it paints it paints the, the, the a well-rounded picture of Harlem because it shows warts and all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just trying to present Harlem in one light. It's not trying to present Harlem as this bastion of 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 culture or anything like that it showcases it but it also showcases the warts of harlem the crime of harlem um good people and the bad people of harlem uh on both sides of the ledger as far as the law is and the people that get caught in the in the middle as well yeah a lot a a lot Um, yeah and i think that's really where this show lies um where it lives 
uh, just showing you the results of either good action or bad action or inaction and how it affects regular people. Because that's really what it comes down to. That's what Luke Cage is about. Like, he's not about helping the police. He's not about helping the government. He's not about the Avengers. He's about helping the people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what he does. He's, you know, episode one, he's trying to help Chico. In episode, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, that's what it comes down to. It's about the people. And that's who Luke Cage is trying to help the people of Harlem. And they're very much another character of the show, Harlem and then the people of Harlem. All right, so we're not, we're not going to go uh, long-winded on this, ladies and gentlemen. Like we said, we've, we're, there's going to be an opportunity when we're going to invite all of you to come and join the Black Tribbles to talk about Luke Cage, the entire series, all 13 episodes. We're going to really have a fun time, We're going to, and all that information is going to come to you at the end. But right now, let's kind of go through the main characters one by one and give thoughts on how they are, how they're hitting us, um, especially in these first two episodes. And let's start with Luke Cage and the actor Mike Coulter. What are you thinking of his portrayal? Um, Mike is on point. Mike does his thing as Luke Cage. Um, he's humble. You definitely believe he's just a hardworking man that just wants to uh, work every day and be left alone. He just wants to try to make a life for himself. You believe that wholeheartedly. Um, he definitely has his 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 demons that he has to deal with as we all do um and i and, and you really get the feel or he has he's he's chosen a new way to deal with his problems you know uh he felt as though he is always a runner and that that's what he does he just runs from his problems and part of his growth in this series you know not just the first two episodes is him's uh, deciding that I'm not going to run, I'm going to stay and deal with all of this on my plate. Um, so just him having that kind of a growth that like yeah, I'm not, I can't run anymore. I'm just going to stop and step up and do what I got to do here. Speaks volumes for that for that man playing that role. Yeah, and Mike, it's he's like bringing, he's bringing it it all here. He's bringing the he, what I like is that he's not one note because it would be very easy to play this character as one note. But he's not one note. He he's definitely has the intensity. Intensity. You definitely feel that fire br- uh, brewing inside him. Yet it's not brewing so inside that, like you said, in the in the scene where he is with uh, Misty Knight in the bar, you know that he can't be a little playful in there. Can't be flirtatious uh, to a degree in that scene. You know, um, without it coming off as as fake can't uh show when he doesn't want to get involved with what's going on you know there's a part of me there's a part of that where it's him yo i just i want to be left alone but there's also a part of it that is to me at least it was reading that you know you know i'm a little nervous about getting getting involved because what that could mean and what and and what me getting involved with something uh, may make it become, and I and and maybe a little fearful of that. That's how I was reading reading that, but it, it read as true through the actor's portrayal of that. So I, I really do enjoy what he was what he's doing. Um, I mean, yeah, because think about it, he's putting himself in the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. You know, like number one, as a black man, you're you know you got a crosshair on your back the day you turn eighteen. But he 
didn't want the attention. He didn't want to be a hero. He didn't want any of these things. And yet he still answered the call and just took on that responsibility. True. He just realized this is bigger than myself. And I just can't be that selfish and, you know, let it go to waste anymore. Let's go to Simone Missick, who is playing uh, Misty Knight, Detective Misty Misty Knight, Knight, uh, in these... uh, uh, in Luke Cage, Netflix Luke Cage. What are we liking about Simone? I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I'm liking about Simone. And 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 I'm just and um you know what I'm liking about her the the main thing that I that I'm seeing is I find myself um like listening to everything that she's saying. She is very how do I say this? She's very uh direct in what she is trying to get across in every scene that she is doing. Um, And because of that, you believe what she's saying. Like when she is flirting with Luke, she's flirting, but a part of it, she's also trying to show that she doesn't want to really have anything to do with it. You know what I mean? She's also trying in a way to kind of push him off because she's trying to keep her focus on what she's doing. She's undercover there, you right. know? So that if he was to step off, I would have believed that, you know, that's really what she would have been. And she would have been cool with that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but, you know, I just re- I just found myself really enjoying everything that she was doing in this um uh, in these first two in these first two episodes, and I also like that in these first two episodes, you know, their relationship is, without spoiling anything, I'll just say is fully fleshed out. I'll put it that way. In these first two episodes, and I really enjoyed the way that it was because I felt that it was done um, honestly to the characters, to each of the characters' motivations uh, without it coming off as just some hackneyed type of writing or any forced acting on their part. There's a lot of acting between the two of them, especially in the second episode, that is wordless. It's just two eyes meeting, and that's the sign, and, and yet saying so much. And that says a lot for both actors and the chemistry that they were able to develop immediately. Um, I really enjoyed everything that she was doing in the in the show. Oh yeah, she was definitely on point. Uh one thing about her, Detective Misty Knight, I would say is is she's very unassuming. Like she'll go in there blank slate and read the clues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um she doesn't go in there with like a preconceived notion or expecting to see A, B, and C. She was very um prima facie like she'll go in there and just take it as it was you know what i mean um and she definitely was keeping her distance from my man like she would not have seen him again if he wasn't a person of interest in like all her crime scenes like for the yeah. next week yeah you know what i mean so she definitely was you know woman enough to just keep her business separate from uh professional business even though it was unable to stay separated Mm -hmm. she it wasn't because of her she that that she was unable to keep it separated you know what i mean so she was on point the entire time i enjoyed her thoroughly um and and it's like and again like with the character you know the flaws being what attracts you to the person she um she wasn't like blatantly flawed 
But at the same time, you could see she had like trust issues or, you know, she could have not necessarily emotional issues, but an emotional outburst that was a mistake, stuff like that. Um, So her character was not above uh, those steps. And those things just gave her more of a real journey, especially the way it ended. I could see that, you know, the way it ended, jilting her and her wanting to say, all right, well, I'm done with the force. I want to go start my own detective agency or anything or whatever like that. So, um, even did you just cut away all the way to the end? No. So basically you get to see her, uh, her growth. She, she has an arc as well. Her arc. Very true. All right, let's go to, um, Mahershala. Mahershala Ali as Cornell Stokes, AKA Cottonmouth. My name's not Cottonmouth. I was trying to think how I felt about the bull. Cause it seemed like, uh, we're sticking to the first two episodes, right? First two episodes. All right. First two episodes, he he's good. He's a commanding presence. Um, uh, nope, you don't see that in the first two episodes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like him, but then there are things I don't like. But then the stuff I don't like didn't come up in the first two episodes. So I guess. Well, I thought in the first two episodes, he, I mean, he was solid. He was on point, like you said. He's a commanding presence. He's uh, forceful. He's dynamic. Um, he looks like he is in control even though there are hints of him not being as in control as you would uh, be led to Right, because from the first episode with the incident that sparks the whole season he gets got he gets got you know, through necessarily no fault of his own but he gets got and that's a weakness. If you have a crime organization you cannot afford to take no losses get robbed get got, none of that. And he gets got from the door, which is like a, a, a sign of weakness to me. But it's just one of those first signs, so I guess you can't t- take it as like a whole, you know, road post or whatever. But but the acting was solid. Um, I definitely like dig his motivations. And once you get on in it, you like you really do start to feel for that character. You do. I do, you know, mm-hmm. at least. Um, but you know, we're not there because we're sticking to the first but it, two. But he gets got, and because he gets got, uh, he is has a, a lieutenant thrust upon him, uh, named Shades, played by Theo Rossi. Right, from, from Sons of Anarchy. From Sons of Anarchy. Juice. Uh, yeah, he juice from Sons of Anarchy. And he comes in and, and he shades and shades, he he'll play a great part. In the entire in the entire series, but in these first two episodes, he he comes in and you're supposed to get the sense that he's like this real menacing type of guy, and he and he's kind of got the stride when he's walking in with his shades and he's he, he's everybody's just dressed to the nines at, at Harlem's Paradise and everything like that. And I was able to look at him and not see Juice from Sons of Anarchy. I was. However, I didn't I didn't get the sense of menace that everybody seemed to have or seemed to at least were saying about him. I didn't see him as menacing. However, his presence was something out of the norm, True. which was a red flag. Mm-hmm. So Diamondback, you know, whoever that is, sent him there to, I guess, help Cottonmouth with you know whatever what have you 
So it was, it's, it's, he's not. So when he got there, I think Cottonmouth told him to do something. He's like, wait, you don't tell Diamondback. Diamondback tells you. And I don't work for you. I work for Diamondback. So he was there like as a consult. So I'm here to help, but you can't tell me what to do. So you kind of get like that hierarchy. Like he's here, but he's not in charge. But you can't cross him necessarily per se either. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, So you saw him there like as a regulator. You know, he was there to come and get your ship running right again. You know, he's a consultant. I, so I hear speak. you, but I just, he just... And plus the whole shades thing was getting on is my it, Isn't it just kind of played out? Like, yeah. yo, who wears shades all the time anymore? This is not 84. And and especially because he's not wearing the shades for any reason. Like, I thought he was going to take just off the shades, the shades. And like, they were going to like, he was either going to either be blind or have a messed up eye. Messed up eye or whatever. I thought it was going to play a part in some type of way. He's no, just that's, wearing that's who shades. He is. That, that's who I am. I'm shades. That's what I'm known for. That's it. It's not because I wear my sunglasses at night. It's not because I wear them. In, I'm shades. That's just what it is. I, I am shades. And plus, they was like sitting all up on his head, man. Like they looked like they was his little brother shades. They did not <laughs> fit the man's head, man. That just be a head issue. <laughs> well, then they need to get him some better shape. I don't know. I don't know. I I I like the guy, but I found myself even in these first two episodes, his character and what he was doing with it, um, just didn't speak for, to me. I mean, I got to like him as it went on, but the first two episodes he didn't do a lot. Yeah, he he, he didn't do it for me. He just came off as like, well, no, that's not when he came off as a know it all. All right, so no, never. No, nah, not 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 then. Um, uh, I did. <laughs> Uh, uh, let's go to uh, another one of the characters. I want to save one for last. So let's go to let's go to Frankie Faison. It's okay. Pops. Yep. I like myself some Frankie Faison, man. Yo, he was he was good as the ex-con in Banshee too. Yes, he was. He he. he oh, we're talking the first two episodes. Well, spoiler free though. He was good in Banshee. He was good here too. Well, he says in and in I like here, his character. He says in here. He he says that he did some stuff back in the day. You know, he talks. He talks about his history. Yeah, his he talks pop. about his history. Snap, crackle, pop. Yeah, yeah. I lo- I love that story. I love it's that story. story about like why they called him pop. It's like no, it's not because I'm an old dude. It's because of my fists. Yeah. That's the sound they make when they when they crack a nigga jaw. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So he definitely got his backstory, and you they and even he was flushed out because pops wasn't even always you know that good guy looking out for everybody else. No, pops used to run the streets too. Like pops used to be one of them hitters. Yeah. You know, so so he knows the streets, but I don't. They, I don't think they explain how Pop's barbershop became Switzerland. Just always neutral. You can't touch it. Don't mess with it. It's good for everybody. I think that I think that's because when he got out of prison, the um, he had enough respect from those streets that when he set that joint up, you know, and basically told everybody like, "Yo, I'm not about that life." You know, but I'm not against, I'm not against y'all, so you don't got to worry about me snitching to the to the po man. But nothing like that is gonna go down here. Now, if y'all, if if there ever needs to be a place where y'all the two worlds can meet, it will be here in the barbershop. Because let's think of, let's think about it. You know, crooks and cops alike gotta get it cut, and they like a good cut. So plenty of time, plenty of barbershops in this city where there are 
there are cops and crooks sitting there all waiting for the same barber. So he basically established that respect due to the man uh, established that spot as Switzerland. Okay. That makes perfect sense. But yeah, so so Pops was he he's a good character too. He, I don't know like even when people like everybody gets an arc or a change or some development or some growth with their character, you know what I mean? You can like, feel them. Yeah, feel it's like him, everybody, man. like everybody. Except for Rosario, if, if we can slide to her next. Well, she's not even in the first two episodes. Though. Okay, so we can't talk about her then. <laughs> so she can't go there. Um, but Ooh, uh, You want to talk about uh, let's, Mariah? Yeah, let's go to Mariah. Alfre Woodard, who is an acclaimed Emmy Award uh, winning actress. Uh, so it is, you know, like, like a a feather in their cap that they were able to get her to sign on as a regular for this series. And uh, just like the Blurred Girl was saying on Twitter today that if she doesn't get an Emmy nomination for her for her portrayal of Mariah Stokes, um, then I don't know who's going to get uh, an Emmy. She just does masterful work. She does. I can't even praise her from the first two episodes, but she is a beast in this series. I like her more than Cottonmouth. She is that work. And I I can't go into detail about her without ruining things. But, um, yeah, because from the first two episodes, all she did was, you know, bitch her to cousin. and I know her name was Dillard. It's it's Mariah Dillard. It's Mariah Dillard because Stokes is her cousin. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was Mariah Diller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, she definitely. I think you get this. You get the sense. I mean, you you definitely see in these first two episodes that uh, she's. You know, there's two sides to her coin. Um, but I think you also get a hint that she her coin may be um, not necessarily a two faced coin, even though it's probably a little two faced. But there might be some scratches on her coin too. Like there, there's, there's a little something askew with her. You well, know? of course, because she's a politician, so you, you can't never trust one of them. See, but I'm not even talking about that. Like, there, it, I didn't get no what inkling I, that she's down with the streets from the first two episodes. I didn't get this inkling that she was down with the streets. But what I did get an inkling with is just little certain things that she would do with her voice, her vo- the inflection of how she would say say things sometimes um like she says this one line to to cornell at the cornell hand hands her some money and she's like am i down with this no like her voice is like cracking a a, a couple of times and it it to me it just gave me the sense a little bit that there's a little bit of crazy in her you know there's a little bit of crazy and I, i would not be surprised if that doesn't play a part uh, later on down the line in the series. I, I, I seriously, honestly, just got a, got a sense of that. Um, and But it, it was just very subtle, very subtly done, which speaks to, you know, the quality of Alfred Woodard. Mm-hmm. You know? Definitely. Who I fell in love with, you know, showing my age. You know, a lot of people love her from Star Trek and different movies and things that she's done. I fell in love with her years ago 
when she was on Saint Elsewhere. And I was like, yo, that woman can act. And I remember her and Denzel Washington walking off hand in hand at the end of Saint Elsewhere. Love it. Remember it like it was yesterday. Yes, <laughs> I am old. So what? Um, but yeah, she does uh, incredible work uh, in this show. There's a lot of good supporting characters. Uh, Frankie Faison, you may even th- say, is a, a kind of like a supporting character. But Frank Frank Whaley as Detective Scarf, Scarf. Um, Scarf, Misty Scarf. Knight's uh, partner. partner. Yeah, like he is like pitch perfect, like like funny. You know what I'm saying? He, he but he, but he's still a good cop. You he, thought he was funny? I thought he was just kind of like blah. I didn't think he was blah. really. Yeah, I, I liked him. I liked him, man. I like I liked him a lot. You know, talking about you know how I, I you know I get rapport with people and stuff like that, and and I their their feet their uh, banter between one another. What I thought was. Uh, was cool. I re- I I enjoyed them. I got the sense of history with them that they were partners. That they weren't. It wasn't like good cop bad cop or anything like that. They were playing. They both played off the the best and the worst of each other, and they were a good combination uh, as as partners. I really enjoyed them. I really enjoyed his part. He. I found him to be. Um, uh, I I enjoyed watching him on the screen. Oh, I don't know. I thought they were kind of weird, but whatever. You thought they were weird? Yeah, I don't know. I was, I would just like look at him, just kind of like, eh, I don't know, I don't get it. But I mean, I guess it's just like a partner, so it's not like anything in particular. But I don't know. I was just like, I, it's just nothing really about this guy. Just like, oh my god, he's so great. All right. Well, I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying Luke Cage. That's the first two episodes of Luke Cage. Yeah, just the first two. Just the first two. Um, just, 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 and it's off and running. It's banging out. Um, we, like we said in the, at the top, me and the Mac, we have finished all of Luke Cage. We like chain smoke that joint. We're going to definitely go back on it this week. And this Saturday, this Saturday night, the Black Tribbles are going to be getting together. Uh, at a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House. That's right. It's our home away from home. We're getting together at, com- at a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House, and we're inviting you, ladies and gentlemen, to come on down and talk about Luke Cage. Talk. We're going to have like a town hall meeting and just go in on Luke Cage from episode one to episode thirteen. We're going to talk about our favorite po- pieces. We're going to talk about our what we didn't like about the series. We're going to talk about our favorite bits of music from the series. Our favorite characters. Favorite actors. Um, the, the, the we're going to talk about it from top to bottom. We didn't even touch on now that this is a gorgeous show. This is a, just a beautiful piece of work that they've got going on here. Yeah. Um, and we we'll also want to also want to talk about where even though this is you know a Marvel show and some would say like a superhero show or whatever, where does Luke Cage stand in this? Um, very recent black television renaissance that we have going on here in um, it, oh, oh, right before our very eyes with Atlanta, Insecure, Queen Sugar, um, The Get Down, uh, Blackish, there ha- the, the the Carmichael Show. There is seemingly a a I I am hard pressed to think of another time where there has been 
this much quality television out there um, featuring casts of predominantly African um, or actors and characters of color. Uh, I find hard pressed to find a time where there's been this many examples of those type of programming on the air at the same time. Yes, that's true. So we're going to talk about where does Luke Cage stand? Uh, where do, what what place does Luke Cage, Netflix, Marvels, Luke Cage have in this recent black television renaissance? We're inviting you to come on down. Amalgam Commons and Coffee House, 2578 Frankfurt Avenue. The Black Triples will be there. Mac's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Spider Triple's going to be there. Randy's going to be there. That's right. Super Triple. Storm Triple's going to be there. If we can get Storm Triple to watch it, because Storm Triple started watching the series, and all of a sudden she's talking about, yo, I don't know if I can get through this. These men are too beautiful. That's That's a quote. That's a quote, ladies and gentlemen. She was like, I don't, I don't know if I can take it. I don't know if I can take it. So, I, you know. Yeah, I, well, I don't think. Uh, well, he probably took a shirt off once or twice. Who? Uh, Mike Coulter. Mike Coulter. Yeah. Well, it. it but not till later on. See, he, see, but I don't even think it's about that. One, I think it's about, you know, the brother, he, he, he's, a, he's a nice looking man. Sure. He's a very nice looking man. But with Kennedy, you know, you know what it is. It's like mm-hmm. he's a nice looking dude. He, he, he walking he's around. Tall. He's tall, walking around with these like his little brother t shirt on. So like you know, all his muscles. Just, all his like, shirts for extra medium. Uh, it's a medium. All his shirts. Mash medium. And then she has long been going on about Mahershala Ali. Yeah. So now you've got him in nothing but like just suits, suits down. I mean, suits for days. Yeah, she is probably like changing her sheets every five minutes, man. <laughs> so I can understand her her consternation. Um, but uh, so so hopefully we're going to tie this uh, Kennedy down, and she will watch it so she can come in and uh, get with us at a Malcolm Comics and Coffee House this coming Saturday. This coming next Saturday, which will be October the eighth. October the eighth. 2016. 2016, 6 p.m., 2578 Frankfurt Avenue, Malcolm Commons. Come down and talk about all of Luke Cage. Come join us. All right? Whew. I got to go watch this again. This is the Bat Tribble. This is the Mac. Put some sunshine on your face. I got mine. Go get yours. In parting, we say. Deuces. You can get your money on the ground floor from Tone. <laughs> we ain't even talk about that. <laughs> Stay but tuned. it was the second episode, so it counts. <laughs> Stay tuned for the video. Peace.